0: Welcome to Live Your Own Way with me, Lucy Gleason Interiors, chatting homes, life, and inspiration with my very special guests. I hope life's treating you well. I've got a great guest today plant stylist and author, Hilton Carter. Hilton has written and photographed two books today called Wild at Home and Wild Interiors with his third due out in April called Wild Creations. There is nothing he doesn't know about making houseplants happy and with so many really cool ideas to get that greenery working for your home and creating a unique and balancing space. Hilton has over half a million Instagram followers, which I think speaks volumes when it comes to the plant community. This is also my first international guest, which is very exciting. Hey Hilton, how are you? Thanks for chatting with me today. I'm great, how about yourself? I am very well, thank you. I think the the time difference here, it's it's eight o'clock here, is it about three o'clock there? It
1: is, it's three o'clock, sun's still out, Uh, you know, it's it's the afternoon, so uh, I'm on my sixth cup of coffee (laughs) at this point, (laughs) just trying to make it through the rest of the day, but um, yeah, it's the perfect time. So for you, I'm sure you're ready to... uh, Uh, call it a day so I'm glad that we could uh, get this in before the end of your day
0: because you're in Baltimore aren't you
1: I am the great city of Baltimore yes and Maryland if those of you who don't know where Maryland is it's right next to DC which is uh it's a thing right now (laughs) so it's uh it's it's a wonderful state and a beautiful city to live in so uh, I'm thankful to be here and you're by the coast aren't you Right on the coast. Um, Maryland's one of the the as they said the the thirteen colonies. So um, we we're, we're 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 pretty close to the coast. When I lived in Los Angeles, I was much closer. I would say to like the the, the coast coast right, so I could go to the beach. Here it'll probably take us about two hours to drive to, which we call I guess Ocean City, Maryland, which is the actual ocean. So it's not as close as uh, you would think. Um, most people don't find themselves just, t- as you guys would say, willy nilly making their way to the beach uh, <laughs> randomly. But um, it, it's it's close enough that during the summer, one might uh, take a trip or a vacation to the beach.
0: Oh, it sounds lo- It sounds lovely. Well, I, I just thought we'd start this chat because um, you two have also got a, a film background and you studied film production, didn't you, at college? So how how did you come to get into doing film production?
1: yeah i did i actually uh fell in love with film sometime in high school i believe my senior year of high school i was uh really just um slowly finding myself more intrigued by film making uh storytelling more say um i think uh when i when I decided to leave high school so I went to an art high school which was like a art and technology high school in my in my focus i will say there or the, the the medium that I was in was visual art. So I was, did a lot of painting and drawing. So uh, throughout high school, I just felt that I wanted to end up in it at an art college. So for undergrad, I left uh, high school and went to Maryland Institute College of Art, studied illustration. I guess that was my first major sophomore year, but uh, late in uh, freshman year, I kind of just thought, you know what? this This love for watching cinema And seeing the way storylines play out, I kind of felt as an artist, I was I was limiting myself with telling a story with one single frame, whether that was through illustration, whether that was through painting and drawing. Um, In the college that I was in uh, or that I went to at the time, they didn't have a uh, video department, nor did they have a film department, but they did have video classes that were available. So I started taking Uh, video classes, and slowly found myself really into the idea of telling a long-form story, a narrative piece of work that um, you could really get deep into and and put out into the world. So by the time I left uh, undergrad, I graduated with a BFA in general fine arts, but I knew I wanted to, at this point, to be a filmmaker. This was in 2002. So I'm pretty old, I feel, but I, I, I'm pretty old by age, I would say, but I feel young. I'll say that. Um, anyway, so I left, I left, um, I graduated got my BFA and then I stuck around Baltimore for another year, just, uh, sharpening this filmmaking tool, this want to become a filmmaker. And I thought at that point in time, right out of school, um, I'm an artist, I would say a starving artist at the time. I was working in a restaurant as a busser, and I think at that point as a server. And I was just thinking about the ways that I could tell stories, and I got super excited about commercials. So I started making like spec commercials during that that year off, I would say after um, undergrad. And it was during that year that I was like, you know what? I think I have a portfolio that will – Work as far as getting getting into graduate school, so um, I decided I would move out west. I got accepted into Art Center College of Design out in Pasadena, California, which is a really big, I would say, um, commercial based film program. So a lot of uh, commercial directors come out of there. A lot of commercial, I would say, filmmakers like their type of work they kind of end up leaving out of uh, Art Center as well. Guys like uh, Zach Snyder, or one of the most well-known uh, might be Michael Bay. Um, so that sort of um, yeah. content, that sort of look, that polished look is um, kind of what I was thinking about, but I just wanted to make films. So I went out to Art Center and focused on filmmaking. And, and, and as you would know, when it comes to filmmaking in school, they, they kind of make you dip your toe into every single department because as a painter, as, a, as an artist, as, a, as an artist that, that works on canvas or paper, it's just you. It's a solo, uh, I would say, game. But when you're, in a, as a filmmaker, it's a team sport, uh, let's say. So there's many roles that are, are, are a part of creating that work of art. So they wanted to make sure that you were well versed in every single department, so that just in case if you left school, you could pick up a job, let's say in the camera department or on the production design uh, side or things like that. So um, as I figured or found my way working through each department, I really uh, got the the production design bug kind of bit me, and I love the idea of production design. I love what production design meant to filmmaking. The idea that whatever you were seeing in a scene, that that location, the way it was dressed, the the way it felt, all the pieces in that in in that location on that set, kind of kind of made it made up its own little character, right? So I felt like I wanted to make sure that wherever my main characters, wherever they were um, moving through, whatever uh, environments they were moving through. The setting that they were in kind of told a story about who that individual was. So I really got into that idea that every single part of the set needs to say a little bit more about the character, right? So you can talk more backstory when it comes to what's on set. So that's – actually, as as I'm going through this, do you want to ask any questions?
0: I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) This is really interesting, and I'm I'm quite happy just to sit and listen. But I was going to just say actually, it does mention in your book, and I obviously I don't want to give too much away of what's written in it. But you talk about a backstory. I was going to come to that because telling the story of who you are, and we'll bring on about the plants in a minute. Because while you were studying, or was it when you were studying, or once you were doing some film work or working in advertising, you discovered your love of plants. So what happened?
1: yeah that's correct. uh well, I wasn't working at an advertising company at that moment, so when that happened uh when i i guess found myself uh completely transformed by plants, I guess it was in two thousand eleven when I was on a film shoot uh at a retirement community in uh Pennsylvania walked into this space and uh, never had seen anything like this in my life um this it was like a garden cafe that just had plants dripping from every single corner uh they had tables set up dining tables that had these large staghorn ferns over the like over the tables and i never had seen i didn't i didn't didn't even know what a staghorn fern was but when i saw that plant i was just like everything about this space feels right to me it makes me feel uh at ease at peace it makes me want to just stay here and that had never happened before so i thought at that moment you know what? When I have a space that uh, has enough light, when I have enough, uh, I would say disposable income, I'm gonna, feel, I'm gonna start bringing more plants into my world. And in 2014, I actually moved to New Orleans uh, because I was still working freelance. I could travel wherever at that point. And in New Orleans, I had finally had the light. I had windows that were, um, that were actually um, floor-to-ceiling windows in this home, and a lot of great light coming in. So that's when I Purchased my first plant, which was a fiddle leaf fig, and then gradually started to uh, grow. I will say that sort of collection of plants. So I started in in the spring of 2014 with about two plants, I guess, when I moved to New Orleans, and when I left New Orleans in uh, in May of 2015, I left uh, or I packed up about 60 plus plants to travel back to Baltimore. And the reason why I moved back to Baltimore was because I then got a full time job an ad- advertising agency here so uh, that's how this that whole thing kind of uh, started that process started and from there for me it was just like every every uh, decision I made as far as moving every home that I decided to live in or apartment that I was looking for had to have the right light had to face a particular direction had to have the right ceiling height to not accommodate just my own wants and needs but also for the plants that I was bringing.
0: Yeah um, I was going to just ask you actually when you moved from New Orleans how did you transport all the plants? If you said there's 60 of them?
1: Uh, yeah very fast. Um, I put them all in the U-Haul, um, tied them up uh, pretty uh, firmly to the size of the truck, um, wrapped them with uh, what did I have? I had craft paper where I wrapped them up to make sure that the foliage didn't uh, spread out too much and was basically confined in a way where it, get, where it wouldn't get damaged and I traveled I drove 15 maybe 15 16 hours um, one day landed in I believe North Carolina where my mom lives stayed there overnight and the next day got up really early uh, and then got to Baltimore in a few hours after that so I didn't didn't take t- the time wise in the truck wasn't enough to uh, to harm the plants much, but I just made sure to get to my location or my destination as soon as possible. But I mean, when it comes to traveling plants or packing plants, you just got to be gentle. And and one thing I say, and this is gonna we're we'll talking about this later or, or we can talk about it now. In my new book, I talk about um, the idea of packing your plants for a move. The one thing I tell people is that the best thing to do or think about is you want to make sure that you uh, don't water your plants before you pack them for the move because you want them to be as light as possible. Soil when it's wet is heavy, so that was the one thing too. Just like to make sure that I, I made sure for a fact that I didn't water any of my plants for a week or a week or two before the move, and then as soon as I got them to the new um, home, I would just I would then water them there because you, no one wants to carry a heavy pot of soil um, from one location to the next.
0: That is very good advice because to be honest with you. I would have done the exact exact opposite and probably watered all the plants thinking that they'd need it for the journey. So that is really Yeah, good.
1: I would say I would say if you make sure that you're if you're if you're tending to particular plants that don't need to be watered as often, just make sure that the soil is as dry as possible before you take that trip.
0: And so your home that you're in now, did your plants come into um the equation when you were considering where to choose to live? For
1: sure, the apartment that my wife and I live in at this very moment Uh, was picked because it's a corner unit that has four large windows versus the one and a half that I had previously. So um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was the main reason why we moved into the apartment that we have was for the amount of light. And I have a model where basically wherever there's light, there's going to be plants. So if I could bring in more light, then I would definitely have to bring in a few more plants. So yes, of course.
0: Yeah, and you've got a studio as well, haven't you, that you've, you have lots of plants there too?
1: Um, I do. Um, I have, I have a, I'm in the transition of, of uh, moving, not moving. I'm in the transition of renovating a new home that my wife and I just purchased. So right now I've downsized and I left my studio and now all of the stuff that was in my studio is in storage and now I have a, a home office unit in the building that we live in. Where a lot of a lot of the plants are in overflow there, and then a, a lot of the other ones that were in my studio have now made it into my apartment, so now it kind of is kind of too much. I think like at this point, I'm like this just feels like a plant shop. Like I don't, I'm just I can't wait for a home to be renovated because I'm like we have to get rid of we have to spread these plants out. Like people like the whole idea that you can never have too many plants. I know a lot of people say that. You'll never hear me say that because you can't have too many plants. And I believe for a fact that we have too many plants in our apartment right now because everywhere I move, there's a plant like hitting me in the face, or just like there's just too much happening. And um, a lot of them are 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 in, in 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 spots where they would probably wouldn't want to be because of the uh, transition from one one uh, studio into the new home. So. At this very moment, uh, I can't wait for the uh, I believe beginning of April is which is when we're supposed to move into our new
0: home. Oh, that's really exciting, isn't it? And that's is that that will be just after your new, new books come out, isn't it? Isn't it March the new one?
1: The new one is actually in April, April sixth. Uh, so it'll be around the same time. Yeah, we're trying to, you know, uh, drop everything when spring happens. Spring, spring starts new book all this good stuff So for the last for the last two years i've dropped books uh, i think the first week of april has been my um my time uh for me to just drop a new book so yeah
0: excellent i, I can't wait I, I really can't wait so um i thought we'd just talk about your books because i've got the first two and they are they're amazing i think they're Thank fantastic so um so the first book was Wild at Home. It's primarily about styling and caring for plants. With your experience of film production, did you find it quite visualized and, and put it together? Because you did the photography as well, didn't you?
1: Yes, that's correct. I mean, as far as I mean, as far as the first book goes, Wild at Home is all the information, all the joy, all the all the excitement of of plant care and styling. Initially, sparked my interest as far as bringing in plants. All of that information, all of like from from the beginning. To where I was at that very moment when I wrote that book, that was what I wanted to fill up that book with. It's kind of like my love letter to uh, plants per se, right? Like the idea of having plants. It was just someone who was who was completely transformed um, through the the lens of of greenery. Like having having all of this in my in my view in my home kind of kind of took me from one I would say state of mind to another. And I wanted to make sure that that was mentioned in that book. So when it comes to the photography, when it comes to the uh, styling of the book itself and how it looked, all of that 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 comes from an, I comes from my background, for one, in film, but just in art and art as well, like understanding um, composition and understanding just where um, the the weight the the goodness of an image should should lie. So a lot of the stuff that I've had been capturing and showing uh, via my Instagram page is what I wanted to put into this book. But I really wanted to have every single image, and and that's kind of how I go about whatever I'm shooting. I want it to be something that you really get excited about when you see it. I want people to see the thing and be inspired by it. I want them to see the image and be transfixed Buy it. I want them to look at it and go, "This is not just an image of a plant, but this is a a work of art." Right. So, before I was offered a book deal to make that first book, I was thinking of publishing my own publishing my own book that was nothing but beautiful images of greenery, like just very well styled, lit, and just was just full of this this um, this uh i don't know just just had something to it that was different than i would say your other plant care books but still fit in the realm of what i love and that's a coffee table book so i just wanted it to be something that really spoke to others who love greenery but also those who love the beauty of foliage and plants themselves
0: and you got there's some amazing um DIYs in there and you know troubleshooting and things like that how did you kind of how did you learn all of that have you just learned it along the way trial and error
1: trial and error is one of the things I talk about in the book and wild at home yes I mean it's 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 a lot of the things that a lot of, of of the I guess plant parenting let's say a lot of those things are either um handed down to you like a lot of the stuff that I learned about propagation was gifted to me from uh, the mother of a friend of mine, like she really got me excited about propagation and, and showed me how to make my first initial cuts and create those those new roots to then pot them and make a new plant out of, of a cutting of, a, of of another plant. So it was those things and then thinking because I thought, well, I, I learned the, the thing. I learned how to now propagate this one plant and thinking that I could take that knowledge to every single plant and then learning that, no, that is not right. Every single uh, plant isn't propagated exactly the same. So it was like through trial and error that I learned that or through trial and error that I learned, well, this plant needs water right now. Uh, Maybe it needs water every seven days. And then learning that you can't stick with a schedule and it's about the moisture level of the soil and all. So it was over time that the, 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 the knowledge that I gained came about, but it was also just being someone who, who decided would I would talk to individuals who knew more than me. So if I purchased a plant from a plant shop, I wouldn't just walk up to the counter and buy it and then leave. I would talk to the people who worked at these plant shops because they spend most of their day around these plants. So, of course, they'll be more knowledge, knowledgeable of that plant than I am and because I'm in the city of where, where I'm purchasing that plant, they'll know more about the care of that plant there in the climate that I live in, right? So I think that's important as well because a fiddle leaf fig that I have here in Baltimore might not require the exact same type of care that a fiddle leaf fig that you have where you live, right? Because of the difference in climate, because here it can be very humid, but it can also be dry a bit, but it's not as dry as some cities. I will say in America, so you have to think about all those different things. Because if it's insanely dry where you are, you're going to have to create that humidity. So some people might need humidifiers in their home in their homes more often than some others, or they might be misting more often than others. So you have to like learn these things, but to learn them, you have to talk to others who have or those out there who have more experience. So I would talk to as many people as I possibly could. I would, like everyone else does, I would go online, but I would also just look. I became more attentive. I would watch and note, take note to what I was doing. So if I watered a plant and then I saw the next week that I had a bunch of yellowing leaves, what did I just do wrong here? So just making sure that I took note to those things so that I could correct it the next time around. And then that's and that now has just slowly started to helped me, and then when I started sharing about um, my interior styling side hustle, I'll say about five years ago on, on, on Instagram, a lot of individuals started to notice that I had a lot of plants. And when they would ask about uh, the plants and how I care for them, then I would just share that knowledge, just because I just had it uh, in my back pocket, right? But um, it's, it's it's one of those things where for me, it's 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 all it's always going to start in some sort of way with trial and error, but you can limit that by making sure that you do the research up front before you bring a plant into your home. Because what I talk about in the new book, which I've been talking about since the first book came out, is that plants are living things. And people should understand this, that when they first bring that plant home, they can really give it the
0: best shot possible to thrive, not just like survive in their space. Well, it's so nice talking to you about this because... I don't know if I'm a bit bonkers or not, but when I when I um bring a plant home, I kind of introduce it <laughs> <laughs> um, to the space and I'm like, Hi everyone, this is a new plant, you know, to the family. And I, I'm sure they all think I'm mad. But you know your um I, your cradles that, yeah. that you've got on the walls, them um, sort of almost like a living wall of cradles. They're amazing. Thank so you. um for anyone listening, how how did you sort of design those?
1: How did I design the cradle? The cradle came about because I was super excited about having a propagation wall. So I wanted to have a living wall. Now, uh, it's a, it's a quick, easy story for me. It was, it's always about trying to find ways to do what you want to do, but on the cheap, right. You you know, like balling on a budget is how I like to live my life. But I will say this, uh, back in 2015, um, I, I, literally, I've been only heavy into plants for a year at this, at this moment, but I was super into propagating. So I was taking a trip. um, I'm going to drop a brand name here, but I was taking a trip to Ikea. And in Ikea, I was walking around and I was in their kitchen department just looking at things. And I saw this spice rack and I was thinking, well, I don't cook much and I don't need a bunch of spices. But that thing they have up there kind of looks like you could put uh, cuttings in it and propagate in it. So it was a spice rack that had these four um, tubes in it, but they came with these tops. Now I wasn't going to use it for spices. I just knew for a fact I was going to use it for propagating. Um, so I brought it home, put it on my wall, propagated it in it. People would see it, and their friends would come over. They would go, "This is really cool." Blah 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 blah. Um, but when my wife and I moved into the apartment that we are in today, we had we we had this hallway that had a eight foot by four foot. I don't know what that is in centimeters. I know you guys talk centimeters over there, but uh, <laughs> really, really big window, right? Across from this wall. And I was like, instead of putting a piece of art on this wall, maybe we should put like living art on this wall. Maybe we could do like a living wall. And my wife was just like, how are we going to do living wall? We rent this space. We don't own it. So we can't, you can't bring in like water, um, uh, um, piping through to water the, the wall. So I was like, you know what? How about instead of that, we use like how I've been propagating in this uh, in this spice rack, how about we just have a lot of those on the wall? And she agreed with it and thought it was cool. And in that, um, and during that process, people kept asking about this. I They were like, what is that? And I would tell them it was like, yeah, spice rack. And then in the process of doing so, I was like, you know what? It's probably better that I just create my own thing because I get asked so many questions about it. So um, I sketched out what I thought it would look like. I love the idea of seeing so much of the test tube, seeing the roots grow. And I love the idea of having something that was um, on live edged wood. I love live edge. Anything that, that live edge is, there's something so I would say natural about that. And that connects everything that I'm talking about plant wise A lot of the wood that I was getting at that point was reclaimed wood. So that bit of old, old mixed in with new and the cuttings, I just thought worked really well. And I love, and I love. at this point, it was all Walnut. I was really like really into Walnut. So I was like, they're all going to be Walnut. And I really love this idea of having everything in Walnut. And it was all like uh, locally sourced wood. And uh, yeah, so that was it. So it kind of, it kind of came, came about through, um, uh, an idea of, of just wanting to propagate and seeing, and seeing something that I thought I could propagate in, uh, using it and then taking that hack and flipping it into something that I could make more personal, something that I can make my own. And then now I sell that product on my website.
0: You do. Yeah. And I'm going to give the details of your, your website at the end, actually, um, but also your plant hammock is amazing. Thank you. It's incredible. Is it how how do you keep that sort of alive and healthy? In the <laughs> um,
1: well, that's a that's a an idea that you know at the end of the day you have it, over, over the bed is a bit challenging. If it was in any other location, it would probably be easier to get to. But for me, I just love the idea of sleeping amongst a bunch of plants. So uh, my I had this conversation with my wife. Um, about it early uh just like the idea of having a plant over our bed and a big plant over our bed and i kind of sketched out like what it would look like she was like that just looks like a, a hammock <laughs> i was like oh yeah maybe maybe we can buy a hammock and we can put it over our bed but my wife was really into um macrame uh, at this point in time and uh, she was like i could probably like make something that's kind of like that and we talked about it and she she put it together and put it on the wall. Now, when it comes to caring for any plants that are in the hammock, it's literally like, I have to take the plant down every single time to water it. So I go up, grab the plant, bring it down to the floor, water it there, let it drain out, pick it back up, put it back over the bed. So in in, in the case of, if anyone ever sees these images, in the case of of water or runoff water, seeping out or dripping down that's not gonna be the case because the pot that we place it in like it's it's in like the plant that i have in there now is a Roho congo that plant is in its own pot but then well let me say this it's in its own pot with a drainage hole so when i take it down the water comes out of that drainage hole but the pot that it's in that has a drainage hole, we put it in the hammock. That pot goes into another pot that doesn't have a drainage hole. So, the, so to make that clear. So if it does have any extra runoff water that starts to seep out of that drainage hole, it'll just end up in that extra pot and um, will be will be protected from any drips of water that might want to fall amongst us as we sleep. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a process. Um, but for me, it's worth it when it, it, I only have to do it for, for the Rojo Congo. I think I water that guy probably every nine days in the winter, and probably every seven days in spring and summer. So it's once a week. I go up, bring it down, water it, put it back up. And for me, it's pretty easy just because I'm a, I'm a, I'm taller and uh, the plant isn't that heavy. But if you were if you were dealing with a heavier plant, a bigger plant, and higher, um, I would say space. That's when you're going to have to think about um the the styling of what you're trying to do. I talk about that all the time. Like it's wonderful to hang plants in your home wherever you want, whether that's in a windowsill, whether that's over a bed, but know for a fact that you're gonna have to do the work to then care for that plant. Like you're gonna have to get up there to water it or you may have to get up there to take it down to then take it to a sink or tub wherever you're watering your plants and then wait for it the drain out and then go back up that ladder or back on that stool or climb up something to then hang it back up there so while it's it's it looks great to have plants hanging from all different areas of your home it is going to be more work for you in the long run to care for them so if you're on board and you're ready to do the work i say the more the merrier and go for it
0: yeah and um talking of sort of rooms um like for instance a bedroom with plants you do mention it you know you really talk about it in the book and and the health benefits like air purifying plants are great aren't they
1: yeah i mean air purified plants are great if you believe it right if you believe it science tells you that i'm a believer there you go if if you're a believer you're a believer and those are the things that you got to think about for me i don't i think i i try to i try to get people to, to understand that if you if you if you believe if you're on board with it, you think about plants that can purify the air, like I don't feel it. <laughs> I don't walk into my home like I have a lot of plants. I don't walk into my home and go, "Ah, I can definitely tell that there's something happening here. I can't really truly say that, but I know I feel for a fact different i can't I can't tell you for a fact what the difference in oxygen is in the air. I can't tell you how cleaner the air is in my apartment versus the air in my neighbor's apartment, but I do know for a fact that the feeling I have when I walk into my apartment or to a, a space that has a lot of plants is much different than if I walk into a place that doesn't have plants. That I know. And that is the thing that, you, that people should think about, regardless of if they think every single plant cleans the air or not. What it does is, it's adding something. It's, it's providing something for you. So if you can think about it like that, then hopefully you can put in all the effort and care to make sure that that plant can live, can thrive. Because the the more you put into them, the more that they can put into you is what I Hope uh, people can
0: think about your second book. Um, I think it ties in really well with the first one, um, Wild Interiors, which has got this beautiful, um, colorful cover, which is it's stunning. I love it.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, Alina. Alina is a, an artist, plant lover out of New York. She's uh, she she did that cover, um, and and the cover. And really quick, just to talk about Alina for a second. Um, when when I went so. Wild Interiors, the second book, is basically me traveling, looking at other other plant lovers' homes, and, and talking about when in the chapters called their journeys and greenery. Because Wild at Home for me was telling my journey. That was mainly the the book was about telling my journey, giving you some DIYs of projects that I've created, like during my journey. So now I want to do a book that kind of spot that put a spotlight on others in the green loving community that to talk about these people and how they got started and what, um, and what, um, I would say transitions they made, um, as they started to become more involved in plants and where they are now and how they care for their plants. So I traveled to different cities here in the U.S. I went to Canada, I went to Europe, Mexico, and I wanted to bring it all together and see all these different people's homes and see how they styled their plants, whether that was someone who was a maximalist when it comes to having a lot of plants or like a plant hoarder, let's say, or someone who was a minimalist, someone that didn't have a lot of plants but knew exactly how to bring them into their space to make their space look amazing and feel amazing. And and, and when it comes to Alina, when I we went to Alina's home, she she had all of her paintings there, but it's has a lot of plants as well. But what I loved about her 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 story was that, I'm trying to think about how to tie this, tie this bow uh, properly, is that when I was looking at her plants and that was the focus, her art, she, she was someone who had her own art everywhere in her home. And I was thinking, this is the person who does the art, but then also puts her art everywhere in her home, and which I kind of was like, that's new to me. I, I, I've rarely ever see. An artist whose art is everywhere in their home, right? Um, I'm an artist, and I don't think I, I have like maybe one piece of my own in my home. Everything else is of other artists, right? But the flow, the 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 line quality, the the way the paint w- is applied to her art was so fluid and natural. And it, it it as I was looking at it, I was like, it fits almost like it kind of like meshes so well or almost like melts in a way into her plants. And I thought when I left her home, I was like, I think I know what this cover should be. Cause she's featured in a book. I was like, the cover should be something that's kind of like her art, but it kind of feels like uh, foliage that is kind of uh, coming together. And I was thinking about um, the um trial star, the way that, Foliage looks and and I would say all the calatheas, like the way that their foliage looks and the colors that they have. um I was thinking about the Brazil um, philodendron and the colors of, of 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 those leaves or the Marble Queen pothos, just the way those spots come together. And I was like, that is it. So I talked to her about putting together a painting. and I was like, let's just let's just bring in some foliage and kind of have it work a certain way. And she kind of nailed it. Like it was it was one of the easier um commissions like like trying to talk to an artist about working on a piece it was pretty seamless like there was no like there was tweaks here and there but for the most part she was like so easy so great to work with and i think for me when it comes to like when it came to making that book my publishers they really wanted to do something that was that was um felt more like all of the other plant books out there. Like every single plant book had to have like a, the space where plants were in a space. And I did that on Wild at Home. Like that was, that was my space. That's my plant home. But in Wild at Tears, I was like, I need, I need this book to go on another level of just, let me show you on the front cover of the book, a space with plants or a plant in a, in a pot on a table. I was like, it says what it is, (laughs) right on the cover, Wild Interiors. There's no plants, there is no plants on the cover to be seen, but it'll be intriguing. Someone's going to pick this book up because they're like, what is this? What's inside of this book I want to see? Versus seeing a cover with Wild Interiors and then seeing on the cover a a space with plants. I just thought I wanted something that was very eye-popping and would pull people in, intriguing to make them, force them to flip open the book. And um I was very hesitant to send that cover, um, like the idea of the cover over to my publishers because they had talked like like through Wild at Home. Like that was the thing. Like we gotta make it feel like we gotta make it feel like a space. Like we gotta make, bring a space into the into the cover. So when I sent them this image, I wrote this insanely long email about why I thought the the painting, like one of like one of Alina's paintings of Alana, one of her paintings should be um uh, like on the cover and I get an email probably like five minutes later and my publishers are in the UK like where you are and I get an email back like five minutes later so it's like pretty late at night and my publisher was like I love it and I was like what and it kind of made me 2nd guess, 2nd guess my my, my- my whole thing there because i was like why did she agree so quickly <laughs> i like i know it's an awesome idea
0: yeah i'm looking at the book cover right now actually and it is it's so striking and the colors are so vibrant aren't they it's it's really clever and beautiful
1: yeah she nailed it she nailed it and i just and and i, I think at the end of the day i thought well you know what I i must have been right if if my publishers and they're really great if they also could see it right away, that cover had to go to so many different people's eyes to have it been approved. And every single person was like, that is awesome. <laughs> like, and it it kind of came back pretty quickly. Like, yes, let's go with it. Let's make that happen. And I think like that was the thing that really um, made me feel great about that book because while Wild at Home is uh, my journey in green is about is a lot about me. Wild at Tears is about all of us, and it felt that way. And even even the fact of giving this cover or having the cover be from another artist, and I love that idea that it's 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 me, it's her, it's it's uh, my friend Whitney who lives out in California, who's in the book, her and her husband Adam. It's all of us in this plant loving community all talking about how we got started and why we're excited and what we what our trial and error situations were and uh, why we um, put up with the the caring process as we do
0: there's and there's some lovely design ideas in there actually there's one uh, you mentioned it's like a, a sort of room a room divider of plants which is actually a really good idea and i looked it up and sat, i didn't realize but plants do absorb sound So that is a really good idea to separate a room slightly isn't it yeah, for sure. And the other one with the, the trailing, I, I don't know if it was a pathos or not, but it was trailing up the stairs, which is a really nice sort of feature as well. Because sort of, obviously they do climb very quickly. So that's another thing someone can do to, to make a, a stairway more kind of interesting.
1: Oh, for sure. I think I think a lot, for me, like the idea of of finding cool ways to blend nature or blur that that outdoor, indoor um uh element is is key. Especially now. Like, you know, like a lot of us and I'm I'm sure you I mean you guys are back on uh I guess um the I mean, your lockdown lock again. Down. So yeah. So it's like right now for me like I'm so thankful that I I fell in love with plants years ago because I I, I feel I still I still feel connected to nature. I still feel the outdoors that are in my home. It's still green in inside while it's not green outside. Right. So we're in the winter here as well. All the trees are bare. Um, it snowed a few weeks ago. You said it was snowing there. Now, like, like while it's while it's winter outside and, and imagine it being winter outside and being winter in your home. How sad that is. I hate winter. It's this like it, the fact that the sun is only up for what seems like two hours a day. Uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. It, it, it's very depressing. Like most people, you get you get more depressed come winter. But if you have a home that is full of lush greenery, it it, it doesn't feel as bad. So when I'm at home all day, I don't feel bad at all. I feel, my, my I made my space. Feel like all the space, all the places that my wife and I decide to go travel to for vacation. And that's what's great about it.
0: Yeah, green's a really good color for you, isn't it? I mean, it's um, sort of proven to to make you feel happier and it's a very balancing color and even like you think about with food healthy food tends to be green food and even in in hospitals you know they use the color green to to calm people down so it's such a a brilliant thing to have greenery in your home apart from aside from it being you know healthy for you
1: yes for sure i mean that's There's, there's, there's a lot of that that I talk about in the new book and wild creations is the idea that there's, there's a, there's another level to it. And when you get to that level of just thinking about the benefits of plant care, like there's, there's so much more to it that, that you are um, gifted uh, when you are doing it
0: properly and when you can allow yourself to think about all of the wonderful benefits of having plants. So on your travels, was there a particular plant that was really popular? Do you find that most people have one particular plant that like, you know, is apothos most popular or fiddle leaf figs or what did you see the most of?
1: Good question. Um, man, honestly, uh, the monstera <laughs> might be the most common plant in every single household. I think every home, but except for one, in um, that I think it was except for one, did not have a monstera in their home that 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 I traveled to. Um, Everyone has a a type of pothos or pothos, whichever way you like to say it. Um, Everyone has a type of that type of plant, I would say, in their home, but across the board. Uh, a monstera was almost in every single home. So I think the popularity of that plant kind of made it something that everyone wanted. And that's the thing. It's like when popularity of a plant of, of, if a plant starts to um, boom in the market, then everyone's done whatever they can to show it off. I mean it has a, it has its own hashtag, right And shout out to the ladies over at House Uh Club for, for starting that hashtag. And people wanting to show off their Monstera, I'm pretty sure it made people go and buy a Monstera so they could be a part of the club. Right. But um I think I think that plant is 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 still one of the main plants you'll see in any uh, plant plant lovers home, office, wherever they are. Um, and I think the fiddly fig, while it had a moment where people kind of thought it was on its way out. When it comes to popularity i believe the fiddle the fiddle leaf fig is back in full effect i think the fiddle leaf fig might be uh one of the most popular plants uh at this point almost ever
0: yeah i i I have just one at the moment, and I found it really hard to, in the beginning, to kind of look after it. I obviously wasn't doing the right thing, and now I've put it in the right light, and it's thriving. So it seems like one of those plants that just needs to be, have, you know, sort of the right kind of light, and then it's quite hardy. Is that right? The fiddle leaf fig is
1: the most finicky plant ever, and I always tell people this. It's like, if you're going to start off, don't start with a fiddle leaf fig. It'll kill you. It'll, it'll, It'll make you so upset and sad because you're going to have a hard time figuring it out. And um, luckily I was, I was able to work my way through the the ups and downs of caring for the fully fixed. So yeah, it's the finicky plant. It doesn't like to be moved. It only thrives in particular types of light. Like it's, it's one of those plants that you have to really um, dig your toes into the dirt and get, and get really, uh, down in there and, and be excited about it and, and make sure you're eyeballing and, and watching every single thing, like paying attention to that plant so you can get it right. So um, yeah, but I think even with that information being out there, people are still super into the idea of having, it. like, it's just, it's a, it's a, a, easy plant to, it's a plant that I can say can easily transform a space. It's what I like to call a statement plant. Like when you bring it into your home, it's a tree, right? So it can quickly transform your space to just being like, oh, this is a, plant, a, a, a home of plants to this is an oasis because it can grow really quickly or if it's in the right light, grow really quickly, really big foliage and make you feel like you have a actual tree in your home.
0: Yes, mine's starting to really feel like that. Actually, I have to say that reading your books and now talking to you, you do you kind of write as you talk. You you write very naturally, and I just have to say, (laughs) your, your book is very funny. Like I laughed out loud a couple of times when I was reading it. There's some very funny sort of moments in there. So, well, Lucy, I love to hear that. I mean, look, honestly, like that was the that's the only way that I can write,
1: right? Like. If if I was gonna make if I was gonna make something that was about my journey, uh, was it about my life and how I tend to plant, I think it I think how someone reads it, they should be able to hear me as they're reading it. And that fit and that was the one thing that kind of I would say kept me staring at a blank page on the screen for about a month maybe it was in the first starting in this first month of writing wild at home i couldn't write anything cuz everything i was trying i was trying to write how i thought a plant care styling book should be and i kept writing these things out and as i would read read it back i would go well that's I, i'm already bored <laughs> i don't want to i wouldn't want to read this uh, so I was like, "What would I want to read?" And I was like, "The only thing I want to read is something the way that it it makes sense for someone to tell it to me, in a way that is very like you were saying when we were talking, like when we started this, something that is conversational. I want to feel like someone is there with me as we're going through the process. So um, once I started to voice, the, and, 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 and when I say voice, it was once I started to basically speak all of the words into uh, a Basically into my phone, I would just start talking it out. That's when I kind of found the voice of my book, which was just already my voice. So um, I'm happy. I love that you could hear that in this conversation and then read that in the book. To me, that is everything. So thank you for saying
0: that. Oh, that's that's right. No, I it It's they're both fantastic. And you mentioned as well. Um, the next is kind of it plants. Can you mention a few here, just for you know anyone listening who might want to go and sort of Google that plant?
1: For sure. I mean, look, like I don't know if those the plants I mentioned in wild interiors are still going to be the next it plants because they were the they were the next plants for for 2020, right? 2020, we all took a, a, a bit of an L, right? Like no one really got to go out and explore to bring in all of those plants. So I was, I, I guess I can talk about them now too. Like I think one of the next uh, or which. I, Basically, I made it – I said it was going to be the next plant in my book and then decided to bring it into my home because of that, which is basically the Mexican tree, Mexican tree fern or the Australian tree fern. Like tree ferns are it. You know, I'm going to put it out here right now. You're going to see more people – uh, with with tree ferns. The one plant that I thought would uh, become more popular when it comes to just, you would see it more on social media, you would see it more in TV and people's homes, was the Lacula palm. Now, I saw it here and there, but like I said, that no one got to go out and be in a lot of plant shops like they normally would have been, so they didn't really get to see this plant, but the Lacula palm will be one of those plants that you'll see more of um, another plant that I believe uh, everyone will try to grad, um, gravitate towards like the fiddle fig, it's a part of the ficus family, and that will be the council tree. And the council tree is like the cousin of the fiddle leaf fig, not as, uh, I would say, temperamental, um, beautiful lime and dark green foliage, uh, kind of reminiscent of the other Uh, The other cousin, the rubber tree ficus, but like the uh, variegated, I would say rubber tree ficus, the way that foliage looks, that's kind of like the council tree, but the foliage isn't as hardy and thick as your rubber trees, but it's just a beautiful plant, can grow um, fairly large indoors, and I think that's something that people will start to um, uh, look for more often when they are out plant shopping.
0: Well, that sounds lovely. I'm going to, I'll, yeah, I'll look into that more. Um, you, you got married a few years ago, didn't you, to Fiona, um, who I feel I kind of know as well from your book. Um, <laughs> did, did that day involve lots of plants by any chance?
1: That day, of course, we were in the jungle in Tulum, Mexico. We were like in the middle of a jungle on a private cenote. So um, we, we were in the middle of fa- Chinese fan palms and, Um, bird of paradise and just in we were in the wild and for us we felt as connected to nature as connected to each other as we had ever felt um before so it was it was the perfect spot for us to um uh you know make make this 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 uh bond uh really happen and um yeah i mean that's that's (laughs) there's if we're if we were ever going to take a destination to get married it would be in a jungle so um it was it was perfectly as as my wife as my wife as fiona likes to say it was perfectly on brand
0: i want to just talk about your new book that's coming out as we were talking about earlier in april wild creations
1: oh yeah april 6th wild creations is basically the the the, the book that i was just super excited about because it was a book that i wanted so when we're talking about wild at home when you mentioned. The DIY projects that are in their book, there are probably like two or three DIY projects in that book. And Wild Creations, there are about fifteen DIY projects. There are about ten or so like plant hacks. There's a lot of things in that pro- in, in that book that those who might find themselves on lockdown or at home or just excited to do to put their hands in and get a bit dirty or just get a bit involved, creatives maybe you'll find yourself being able to do that in this book. So it's a lot about plants. While there's a section of it that's a lot about plant care, which I call like my plant rants and just plants that I really love right now that you should probably try to care for and ways to care for plants and reasons why, like best type of lighting, uh, best type of soil, things of that nature. The, The main meat, I will say, of the book is all about DIY projects. So I have a project in there that's called Jungle by Numbers, which is basically you uh, get a PDF that you can then project onto a wall. You can then uh, take the step-by-step on how to uh, create the sort of color palette that you're looking for to then paint this jungle mural in your home. Because maybe you're someone who doesn't really uh, have the the want to care for a bunch of plants, but you do want to make your space feel a bit more lush and green, having a mural that is nothing but uh, greenery or a jungle scene can easily be uh, created by just painting. And what I love about that project, and I'll keep talking about it, and that actually, that jungle mural is the cover of this new book um, done by a friend of mine named Jewelry Bynum. Jory Bynum was a part of this process um, bringing about this project. But what I love about the project of painting this mural is that it's, it's basically paint by number. So you have all your numbers marked out on the wall you can yourself, if it's just you at home by yourself, you can paint every single spot on the wall. But if it's a family, if there's more than just one person, everyone can take a, a, a number or take two numbers and you can all work together to create this piece. So for me, while Creations was trying, I really wanted to make sure that if we ever found ourselves in a situation like we just did for the past, or we already have, or we are still in, for the past eight, nine months, will still have that people would have the ability to have a book where they could uh, create these things and either find some of the materials needed either in their home because they already have it, or they could easily order it online. So that's really what Wild Creations is about. It's about getting a bit dirty, getting your hands in the in the paint or the dirt or the clay, and uh, getting to work and showing off a little bit of your creative bone. But also a lot of uh, plant uh, tips, and just like me, just really um, getting a a little bit deeper than I say I I have in wild interiors and wild at home about the the need to care for your your plants properly and what to look out for. So um, yeah, I'm really I'm really excited about the book. I can't wait for people to have that. I can't wait to see um, uh, what people create. I guess when it comes to the projects, so um, that's what I'm really looking forward to, like seeing what types of jungle murals someone creates, or what types of of um, of plant ham- not plant hammocks, plant chandeliers people create as well. So just things that um, you know are are out there and are are different, and um, yeah, I mean that's what it's about.
0: Great. I, I can't wait. I just think, Will, well, obviously with the first two books, and I'm sure with this one too, you're so generous with your information in them. It's like, you know, it's, they're, they're thick books full of information and sort of beautiful imagery as well. But it just shows you, your passion. You know, you're sharing all of that passion, which I just find really cool. So um, thank you very much for chatting with me.
1: Of course. I had a great time. Thank you for uh, spending the time. And I know it's late there. Um, but, um, I really do appreciate, uh, having the, having the moment to chat about anything that has to do with plant care or just, uh, the, the wonderful, uh, feeling that plants create when you uh, have them in your home. So anytime you're needing me to come back anytime.
0: Well, and anytime you're in, in the UK and you're in Suffolk, then pop by.
1: (laughs) Where is Suffolk?
0: It's um, it's if you are in London, it's east from London.
1: East from London, okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. So
0: you never know. I, I'm
1: not, well, <laughs> if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would have been there multiple times this year. But um, I will make sure that the next time I do make my way
0: across the pond, that I uh, give you a shout. You're most welcome. But thanks again. Of course, thank you. Well, that was fun. I cannot recommend Hilton's books enough. They are jam-packed full of information and advice and also aesthetically beautiful for interior lovers with all those lovely homes. If you'd like to visit Hilton's website where he stocks the books and also those amazing cradles for propagating and also plant keep aprons, then his website is thingsbyhc.com and his Instagram is hiltoncarter. As ever, you can find my website at lucylovesy.com with all my interior design services and inspiration. And my Instagram is lucygleasoninteriors. Do subscribe for more episodes. I will be chatting some more next week with another fab guest. And until then, have a good one.